The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Have you ever lost it with one of your kids or your partner in life? Now, it's natural enough for parents to experience occasional frustration. What they call mom rage stands apart from common parental irritation. Many mothers struggle with these feelings of intense anger triggered by their kids and by their partners. However, a growing number of mothers are now openly discussing their mom rage and how to manage it better. I'm joined by Dr. Caroline Boyd, clinical psychologist who specialises in intrusive thoughts and anger and by Laura Erskine, parenting expert and mother of three. Good morning and welcome. Um, Dr. Caroline Boyd, first of all, um, a definition of mom rage? Yeah, well, I think it's important to start with saying that anger is a healthy human response and we all feel it. I'm a psychologist, I'm also a mom, and I think we're all familiar with that white hot sensation of rage. Anger is such an energizing emotion, which makes it different to other feelings like anxiety or sadness. And it can feel like this burning fireball erupting from your chest. And I think in terms of what anger is, you know, it's it's a direct physical threat um, response to that. But it also erupts when we feel belittled, harmed or violated. And for modern mums, there are just so many anger inducing triggers You know, anger is an understandable response to unmet needs, feeling touched out, overloaded and bearing the bulk of the parenting load and feeling unseen and undervalued in the caring work we do. So I think the trigger can be as simple as a lost shoe before the school run or a cumulative response to sheer overwhelm in the endless demands of little people and modern life. How much of this is due to the expectation? Do you know the idea of everything that's lovely in the world is described as mom and apple pie? Yes, I think anger is very linked to the myths and the pressures for mothers um, in in the modern world. And I think what I notice, you know, we actually know how common anger is. So the latest re- research shows that as many as one in three women feel intense anger in the first year of having a baby. So it's actually making anger more common now than postnatal depression. But what I notice in my work specialising in supporting mothers to work with their anger is that while there's more awareness of mum rage, and it is being talked about more, which is great, anger remains the hidden emotion in motherhood. And actually women are still being socialised to squash it. So by this, I mean... Women get stuck in what I call the anger guilt cycle. And what really feeds this angry spiral are those good girl narratives that we internalize growing up. You know, we must be nice, not make a fuss. And then these beliefs are reinforced by the perfect mother myth, which is what you were just speaking to. Mm. What I refer to as the myth of supermom, which has us believe that as mums, we must always be calm, coping and in control. So that when mothers feel angry, inevitably, they often try to suppress it and this keeps it simmering under the surface. And then when our child does test us, it all comes spilling out in a white hot rage and we're left drowning in that shame and guilt. So I think what I notice is mums can oscillate between aspiring to be the so-called perfect parent and then at the other end of the spectrum becoming raging, shouty Mm. mum. Do you think that they're often dismissed by their partners or even those around them who may be of uh, the same sex? Oh, it's just her hormones. Yeah, I think that anger continues to be neglected clinically and in the research, which means that, you know, systemically women need 
a lot more meaningful support to cope with, you know, so-called negative emotions coming up in motherhood because of this expectation that, you know, it should be um, such a, a straightforwardly joyful experience. And then this also impacts our individual experience in the family home where partners, I think, um, I think they don't understand um, the anger that can come up. And I think because of perhaps, you know, gendered internalized norms, it's still the case that in heterosexual relationships, the mother is often the default parent. So we know that that mothers still do twice as much of the household labor. So that's childcare and the domestic work, um, twice more than um, their partners. So it's, there's still those inequalities there. And that understandably sparks a lot of anger so actually what we need to do I think is one thing is to talk about anger more and and we are doing that but I think also we need to support mothers um, and the families that they're in whatever that setup Mm. is to understand that you know how to negotiate their needs with their partner so it can feel more equal. There was a a big uh, seller years ago by Maeve Harron called Having It All. And this was the myth of that women could be out at work, could be mothers, could do this, that and the other. Uh, and it, there should be a, uh, maybe a volume two uh, about mothers entitled Having It All To Do. Yeah, I think if, if anything, it's become even more challenging for modern mums because now the expectation is that we, you know, are not only enjoying every moment of parenthood and you know we're calm and we're coping and we're in control we're 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 not struggling and we're not allowed to um to share our true feelings um we are also expected now to work and have a career on top of that and you know in short we're expected to be super mum super wife super everything and i think you know the the idea that we can do it all adds a lot of pressure and I, I wonder if it should be, if, you know, it's more the case that perhaps we can do it all if adjustments mm. are made and meaningful support is put in place, but perhaps not all at the same time. Mm. Dr. Caroline Boyd, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, a clinical psychologist who specialises in intrusive thoughts and anger. Laura Erskine, parenting expert and mother of three. Mom rage. Do you know it? Have you had it? <laughs> This morning, Pat. Um, (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I'm a mum of three uh, of children um, in varying ages, all the way from four up to 14. So, um, you know, I'm living that role of of being a working mum, being a a mum who who stays at home as well um, and tries to juggle everything. And I think, you know, it it just takes one child to uh, make a disrespectful comment, give a bit of back chat, not do what they're told um, and and it really depends where you are at as a mom in that particular moment as to how you're going to respond to it. Mm. Uh, this morning we were all running a little bit late getting out the door so when somebody uh, made a, a disrespectful comment I I did, I, I lost it and um, and it's funny it's it, between myself and my husband what we try and do is, is try and balance each other because, and thankfully he was there this morning and it's really helpful to have that support 
So it's, he reminds me, it's with actually Dr. Mally Coins, your, uh, you know, the, uh, the child psychologist who, who you have on regularly yourself, Pat. Um, and the title of her book is Love In, Love Out. And that's, uh, you know, a phrase that's used a lot in our house to remind each other that actually we're going to get nowhere by reacting um, and getting angry or shouty with our kids. And in fact, what happens is quite the opposite because you just feel this immeasurable guilt and shame afterwards about how you should have done it differently, how I now have a child who's gone into school who is feeling bad about themselves instead of good about themselves as they start their day. And and I think that we need to cut ourselves a little bit of a break as parents and and be a bit compassionate to ourselves in order to yeah. be able to cope better. And should you say sorry to your child if you've had an outburst? Absolutely. And and it's not just a sorry I did that and shutting down the conversation. It it's 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 about repair. So that apology needs to come with um no blame on behalf of, of the child who may have been disrespectful, but an acknowledgement of what happened and and how how you would like to have reacted differently. And then I suppose a discussion around how maybe they might have ha, have behaved differently. Yeah. Um, I mean because, would you Explain uh, your triggers to a child. Say, by the way, you know why I lost it this morning. You couldn't find your shoes again. Or you did this again. And you know it's going to happen if you do it again. I'm going to lose it again. I think it is. I think that's, you know, knowing your triggers is definitely really important. I think if you tell your child what the triggers are, maybe they could use that against you. But um, <laughs> uh, I think it's also important not to blame them. So them forgetting their shoes is not, you know, something that they should necessarily be blamed for your outburst, but more, I suppose, explaining what goes on with you and your day and that, you know, you may have, you know, when when you lost your shoe and we couldn't find it this morning and we were running out the door to work, you know that, that there are six other people in this house and we all need to get to work on time. We all need to get to school on time. And actually your behaviour um, and me losing it with you and me shouting with you, while that was wrong of me, it's also impacted everybody else. So everybody's gone to school today yeah. or work today feeling a little bit sadder um, because of that behaviour. So how yeah. can we do it differently? Now, and it's about it's about that repair. Does it depend on the child? Because um, there's a certain kind of child, maybe they're all a bit like this, they walk out the door, what has happened behind closed doors, instantly forgotten, and they get on with their lives and you go through your day feeling dreadful. Yeah, and it can really depend on the child um, as to whether they can move on from it or not. Invariably, though, um, you know, studies would show that, that kids actually this repeated rupture and repair cycle of of not of of having those mom outbursts and not doing the repair part, um, that that actually you know will determine how a child will manage relationships later on in life. So it is really important to go back and revisit it later when you're both calmer. Um, and some kids can mask it and say, you know, I'm fine, but they might have an underlying simmering anger. And actually, what could happen is is that they take that out on another child in yeah. school when you're not there, and it can can seem totally unrelated. They don't know why they're feeling angry or why they they behave meanly to another child, but it's because of what happened that morning. And so we do need to 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 go back and repair that. An interesting text here. Dad rage also exists, not just mom rage. My wife and I are both guilty of it, but I don't remember my parents being like that. 
What has changed in the world? Oh, gosh, I do remember my parents being like that. And, and it's not actually more my mom than my dad. So I suppose that was the the by the nature of it being a, a stereotypical home and that she did most of the caring. She was carrying the mental load as well as the physical load. Um, dads definitely are more um, active in their parenting now, especially since COVID. Um, and we have much more shared parenting. So absolutely, dad rage happens as well. And, um, and I think what's really helpful is that you both communicate with each other where you're at emotionally on a given day. So sometimes, you know, my husband might walk into the room <laughs> at the end of the at the end of the day I'll come in from work and he might have had a stressful day in work but I suppose work stress is slightly different to home stress and we what we might do is share how we're doing so it's not like how are you doing today and a, and a nondescript fine coming back as the answer but it's actually I'm at about a six and he's like well I'm actually at about a three so we know we need to compensate and help each other out for that particular evening and so it's it's useful to keep sharing that on a day-to-day basis as to how you're coping on a given day and then giving your yourself a little bit of self-compassion and also a little bit of self-care and I know I have friends of mine I was discussing this over the weekend and they're actually saying do you know what I now need to get up at 6 a.m to have a half an hour to myself to to recalibrate so I'm ready for the day to give myself a little bit of, of meditation to listen to a podcast to go for a walk so that I can cope better with the day and I think we all need to do that a little bit more to help us with that overwhelm because it's not going away life is getting busier and busier. Laura, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Laura Erskine, parenting expert, mother of three. And the, the reality is mob rage is there. It's a normal thing. Don't beat yourself up over it, metaphorically, of course, but it does exist. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.